I'm Cynthia Koffel, and this is Better Regulate Than Never. This is a show where young people can find so much information about emotional health and ways that they can unlock their greatest potential. So I'm so glad that you joined me today because you are going to start this amazing journey that you won't even believe. Hey, you. Thank you for joining me for episode number 10 of Better Regulate Than Never. Today, I want to talk to you about the five love languages. And I can't remember when I first read about them, but I know I read about them um, in the sense of working on my marriage, or it might have been when I was you know, thinking about relationships, romantic relationships, and how I wanted to make them better. And there was a book about the five love languages. And I think that's maybe the first one that came out. And then there's been some other ones since then. But I'm always looking for ways to better my relationships with people and my husband, my family, um, better my relationships and my job. And so this book really spoke to me. And it was something that I kind of wanted to learn. And it's super easy to um, think about. It totally made sense right away. And it's something that you can look up for yourself right away and start seeing some um, ways that these things play out in your life. And in the show notes, I'm going to put the um, love languages for teens on there so that you can see what they are and, and find out what your primary love language is. I have two that are Um, pretty much almost tied for number one. And I'm going to talk about that as I say what the different love languages are, and I'll let you know what mine are. I think knowing about the love languages will just help you to have better and healthier relationships with your parents, your friends, your romantic partners, and I think even better relationships with your teachers. And I know some of you might be thinking, I don't care about my relationship with my teachers, but it really is an important relationship to have. If you at all want to go on to more education or get scholarships or even um, using your teachers as job references is great. And if you're getting along with them, you have this whole pool of adults in your life that can vouch for you and say good things about you to other people. And that is really important. I always told my kids that if you get along with your teachers, you're going to get away with more things. And I, maybe that's not the right reason to get along with your teachers that hopefully you're getting along with them because you just want to be a good human being. But it is important um, for a lot of reasons. If you um, get along with your teachers and you do what you're supposed to do most of the time, if you have a bad day where you don't get an assignment done or you forget about something, they're going to give you a lot of leniency and they're going to be okay with that. If you're somebody who has a bad relationship with your teachers and then you are continuing not to do the things you're supposed to do, they're they're not going to really have a lot of patience for you missing assignments or forgetting things. So something good to know. <laughs> so The first love language is words of affirmation. And that just means words that are written or spoken that encourage you, compliment you, or profess love for you. 
This can be your teacher or your boss telling you that you did a good job, your parents telling you that they what they love about you, or your friend writing a text or a message to you, thanking you or showing appreciation for you. Now, everyone likes that. And so um, it doesn't mean, I think all these love languages, we like them all. And I certainly do feel like all of them are great things. Um, But there are some that are really going to speak to you more than others. This love language, words of affirmation, is one of mine that's tied right up at the top. Now, it's not my number one. This is my number two. But my one and two are just like a point away from each other. I told my husband when we were dating that this one was huge for me. And that means that he needs to tell me, I would like daily for him to tell me that he loves me. Well, he does tell me that, but daily I would want him to tell me that I'm beautiful or tell me something that he appreciates about me or something that he loves about me. And if that's not your primary love language, you really probably have to work on it. And unfortunately, it's not his love language. So I just have to remind him, hey, tell me something good about how I look today. Or I also like cards. So on my birthday or Christmas or Valentine's Day or whatever, I want a love card and I want it to say nice things in it about how much he loves me. And I know that there are other people I've talked to that they could care less about cards and things. And that means that words of affirmation probably is not their love language. And that's okay because everyone's different and we celebrate all those differences. But if your love language is words of affirmation, then you may need to remind your parents or remind your romantic partner, remind your friends, you know, hey, I like to hear things that are good. You need to be careful with this one, though, because this isn't fake flattery or telling someone things that they want to hear so that you can get something in return. That abuses this love language. Words are so powerful. And when they are being used for good and positive reasons, they are wonderful. But because words do have so much power, we really need to be careful that we're not using words for harassment and abuse. So be careful about your words and make sure that your intent is positive and not to manipulate or hurt someone. You can practice this love language on your friends and family by making it a point to show gratitude and appreciation for everything that your family and friends do for you. And you can encourage your teachers. You could send them notes or email them and say thanks a lot. And your teacher's really need a lot of encouragement right now. This is such an interesting year. I have done education for 29 years and I've never experienced this kind of stress and uh, turmoil in so many people. And so it's really important that you do encourage your teachers. And even if words of encouragement or words of affirmation are not their love language, they're going to love it. So that'd be a great way to practice it. Love language number two is time. This is time spent with your friends and family or your romantic partner. And this is time that is spent without distraction. So it's not time where you're sitting at a table, but everyone's on their phone doing different things. It 
is time with no distractions. And there might not be conversation. Maybe you're doing an activity together. Like when you go to the movies, you're doing an activity together and you're enjoying it, but you're not having a conversation, hopefully, because in the movies, people don't like that. Um, when you're playing games, sometimes you might not have a, a long or heartfelt conversation because you're concentrating on the game, but it's, it's you are concentrating on either what the activity is that you're doing together or each other, whichever it is. But uh, the time is just the time spent in the company of someone else. And a time, someone who time is their love language, they are not going to feel loved by the time if you are spending your time with them on your phone or being distracted by other things. So make sure that when you are spending time with people that you're really listening and engaging with the other person that you're spending time with. It's also important to take time, take turns deciding what the activities are going to be because everyone kind of has their own things that they like to do. And so if it's your friends, just make sure that everyone has a turn in deciding what the, what you're going to do for those activities or in your family, make sure each person gets to decide what that time looks like. And the time doesn't have to cost anything. It doesn't mean you have to go somewhere that's going to cost money. Maybe you're just going to you know, go over and spend time playing a video game with someone or um, you're just going to go to the park and sit and talk on the bench. It's also important that you are inclusive of other people. Now, I know this is kind of tricky because we have our friend groups and we really like our friends. And when people aren't in our friend groups, sometimes it feels awkward because they don't know all the secrets we know or they don't uh, have all the experiences that we have, but and when you can, it's really important to invite as many people as you can, or make sure that people feel like they're included in what you are doing. One way to do this, um, if you feel like you can't invite a lot of people, is that when you are talking with your friends about a party or about um, an event that you went to, like going to the movies or whatever, that you don't talk about it when you're in the company of people who didn't get invited because it just hurts their feelings that they were not there. Also, if you make the tennis team and your friend didn't make the tennis team, that you don't talk about the team events and parties that the team goes to with your friend who didn't get to go or didn't get on the team because then they're feeling left out. So it's really important um, to make sure that you include as many people as you can. And when you're at school, when you're talking in a group in a classroom or at lunch, and I know right now with social distancing, this is a little bit difficult, but we aren't always going to be social distancing. And so when we're not, invite new people to set with you. Or if someone new is looking for a place to set, invite them to set with you. It's just a way to make people feel better. And you don't have to go everywhere with that person. They don't have to be um, included in your friend group all the time, but it's just important to include people. When my kids were younger, I didn't allow them to exclude people, at least where I had the power to do that. Um, we lived in a small town and my kids had 
a small amount of people in their class. So it wasn't as hard to do as it maybe would be if you go to a large school. But I made sure that um, they either invited everyone in their class to whatever it was, even if they didn't like those people. Um, because truthfully, the, if the people that don't really like being around you or whatever are not going to come to the party. And if they do really like you and they want to be part of your friend group and they come to the party, maybe that's a way for you to get to know them better. So think about how you're treating other people. Or if you're inviting people to something, don't invite them in front of people who don't get to go. So just be really cognizant of that because belonging to groups and getting along with people is important for everyone. And some kids, because they feel awkward or they're shy or they haven't been taught social skills, they have a hard time uh, belonging or feeling like they belong to groups. So just be kind to people. The third love language is gifts. Now I know everyone's going to say that they love gifts and gifts is my language because I love to get gifts and everyone really does like getting gifts, I'm sure. But the difference is if this is your love language, then when someone gives you a gift, you feel like they do love you. Um, I love getting gifts. I love giving gifts, but if my husband never gave me a gift, I wouldn't feel like he didn't love me. That is not something that says love to me. It's just a nice thing to do in the way that I feel about it. So this is not, not my love language. Those gifts don't even have to be expensive. So you can um, hand make something or you can prepare some food. And that is a way to give a gift to someone that wouldn't cost very much, if at all. You can just be really thoughtful about the gifts that you give, like really think about what would be special for that person. Think about things that they've said in the past that they said they liked or a place they'd like to go or, or even surprising your friend with something small is just makes it even more special. Make sure, again, do not abuse this love language. Make sure that you are not using the gift to get something for yourself in return. That is not a gift. If you know someone who is giving you gifts to bribe you or to get something in return, please refuse the gift. Taking the gift just encourages the person to continue that behavior. Talk to a trusted adult for advice about what to do in those kind of circumstances. The fourth love language is acts of service. This means someone doing things for you that are kind. So an example would be doing the dishes for your sibling, even if it's their turn to do them or cleaning the bathroom, even though your mom usually does it. Taking a shift for a friend when their grandpa is sick or staying after class to put all the Chromebooks away so that the teacher doesn't have to. These are just nice things to do, but for someone who has this as their primary love language, it, me it would mean even more. Of course, everyone likes people to do kind things for them. But if this isn't your love language, it doesn't matter to you if your friends or family do this. It, it wouldn't hurt your feelings or make you not feel loved if they didn't. This is a super interesting one at my house because 
This is my husband's love language, his primary one, and it is probably one of my lowest. <laughs> um, and an example of how this just doesn't make any sense to me um, is when we get ready for supper at night, we eat separate things. So, um, you know, we have different tastes and what kind of food we like. And also we're trying to eat differently. So I just get my food, I get my silverware, get my napkin and I go sit down because I know how to take care of myself. And it's just us. It's not like we're preparing food for, you know, a family or something. So I don't see any issue with that. But he gets his feelings hurt if I don't get out two forks and two napkins and two plates because to him, because an act of my service of getting those things for him, to him, it says that I love him. To me, it's like, well, I'm getting my stuff. You get your stuff. It's not a big deal. So I need to be really careful about this because I don't want him to feel like I'm not loving him because I totally do. So one of the ways that I practice um, acts of service with him is, and I can't do this all the time, but this summer I did it every day. So this summer he worked outside in the hot sun um, all summer because we moved. And so there was a lot of stuff to do outside. And every day I would have to remind myself, because again, this isn't my love language. So I have to like practice it, but I would remind myself, oh yes, at two o'clock or this afternoon sometime or whatever, I would, I would plan it. I would make him a glass of lemonade or I would make him a gla- or just a glass of water, a glass of tea, and I would fix it the way he liked it. And I would take it out to him so he could have a little break and, um, have a drink. And then I would just wait with them and talk with them for a little bit. And then I would take the glass back inside. And even though I really have to not really force myself, cause I love doing things for him, uh, because I love him, but, um, I just don't think about it because it's not the way that I would receive love from someone. Like if he never brought me a glass of water while I was outside, I would never think anything about it. So I just have to be you just have to think about what people's love languages are. And then even if it's not yours, how can you practice that and help them to see how much you love them? Now, service does not mean servitude. So do not allow yourself to be used or mistreated by others and them, you know, forcing you to do things that you don't want to do. Now that is not love and that is not this love language. So these are acts that you are willing to do because you love the other person. Okay, the fifth love language is touch. And this is my number one love language. And so my family's probably already laughing right now if they're listening to this because (laughs) there's no way to not know this is my number one love language because I have to have my hands on people that are in my family all the time. I love to have my arms around them, to pat them, to have my arm wrapped in their arm, hold their hands. Um, I love to hug people. And this pandemic has been very hard because we can't do all of those kinds of things. Now I still do that with my family because they're at home with me and I can do that. But, um, you know, I used to be really touchy and like pat people even just in 
my work life. And I still kind of do. I feel like patting people on the shoulder is not, um, it's not too dangerous anyway, or I've been doing it anyway. Um, in this love language is tricky because we have to be careful that we're not pushing that on other people. So there are people that do not like to be touched by others. And there are also people that have been abused or traumatized and they do not like hugs or touching from other people. So if you are a touch person, make sure that you ask permission before you touch or hug other people. Everyone has the right to personal space and we should not cause them to feel uncomfortable. So I always ask people before I hug them if they want to be hugged. And I have friends that do not like hugs and that's okay. I find other ways to show them that I care and appreciate them. So be careful with all of the love languages because they are not supposed to be used to harm others or to manipulate other people or to get things that you want. I had really never thought about how these love languages affected parent-child relationships because when I first started reading the book and thinking about it, I was just thinking about it in a romantic way, but th- this fits for so many things. And I think um, it really opened my eyes to maybe why I didn't feel loved by my parents the way I wanted to feel loved. Now, my parents took care of me. I had a fine childhood. Everything was the way it should be. I was not abused in any way. But because my love languages, number one is touch, number two being words of affirmation, I really need those things um, daily to know that I'm loved. And my parents, especially my mom, my mom does not like touch and she does not use words of affirmation. So I really think that's why I felt disconnected from her a lot and really felt angry towards her because I was feeling unloved, but it really was of no fault of hers. And I didn't understand what the disconnect was then. And now it's really making sense. So I wish I would have known this a long time ago. That's why I'm thinking this will be so great for you because a lot of you are still in your homes with your parents. And this is a way for you to start, you know, once you know what you're primary languages are, you can start talking to your parents about it. And maybe your language is the same as your parents. And that's great. Um, It's also important to look at this, you know, if you are in a romantic relationship, if there is a mismatch, just like I talked about the, the mismatch kind of with my husband and I, and it doesn't cause any problems because we're both willing to do the other love languages that the other person likes because we love them and we want to do those things. Um, so just kind of think about how this kind of plays out in your family relationships and your friendships and your romantic relationships, and even in your teacher relationships, because, um, I would guess that teachers probably teach or treat people in their classroom through their love languages. I know in my job, um, with my students, I'm always telling them beautiful things. I send them cards when I'm proud of them and, I send them little notes about how much they're, you know, how much I appreciate about them. I tell them that when they're in my room, I tell them that I love them because I do, because I love people. Um, I pat them and, and hug them when I can, and I will hug them again when this is, this pandemic is over. So, um, those love languages of your teachers come out too. So think about that. 
I would love to hear a message from you or see a message from you um, about what your primary love language is and how you're advocating to receive love in that way. And what new things have you learned about yourself? And how are you going to use this information to make your relationships better? You could get your parents involved by sharing this information with them. And there is a parenting book based on the five love languages and how they as a parent can parent you through your love language as well as through theirs. So I hope that this is helpful in enhancing your relationships with every, every person you come in contact with. Thank you for listening today. And please tell your friends about this podcast and you should rate and review it wherever you listen to podcasts so that more people can find us. Every day we get to decide what our thoughts are going to be. Choose wisely. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Better Regulate Than Never. Music in this episode was provided by archesaudio.com. Make sure you check out the show notes for links and activities that will help you to get the most out of this episode. I cannot wait to talk to you next week. If you enjoy this show, don't forget to review and rate us wherever you get podcasts.